This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Raw Reaction Show. Joining you the morning after the night before, which of course contained Arsenal's game against PSV in the Champions League. It was an interesting fixture, which I think raised more questions than it was going to answer. In fairness, I'm not sure there was ever a world in which it wasn't going to raise a number of questions because... It was a game that meant nothing competitively for Arsenal. The only thing that it meant was an increase in potential revenue. There was around £2.4 million on offer uh, to Arsenal if they won. They got around £800,000 for the draw in the end. Um, that's the UA for reported prize money for the game. And of course, they did suffer an injury to Mohamed El Nenny. Uh, he had suffered previously a hamstring injury that had been quite significant to him. And uh, it could be a repeat of that, which is a real shame um considering the fact that he's only just come back from an injury so hopefully it's not too serious but i'm not holding out loads of hope that it isn't i don't know of any inside info into it by the way it's just based upon previous injuries we've seen el nenny suffer it does seem that he might be edging towards that latter stage of his career where he has to call time with the number of injuries he continues to suffer on such a regular basis however um it was a game in which i think provided insight into some players that we don't typically get to see all that often. And I think it was in particular a a rather interesting game because it brought with it a number of uh, questions about Arteta's kind of style with selections and when on earth he might use the kids, <laughs> which I know is going to be a part of this show. Uh, good morning to you joining us in the chat box live. Vala, Martin, Damien, Sean. We've got uh, old Dave, Stephen. Uh, we've got Ray. We've got granddaddy Gunnar Paul. We've got Carlton, Glenn. Uh, we've got Marcus, Tom, uh, MRM, we've got Stevie and Sarah, we've got Temi, uh, we've got uh, Mike uh, and plenty more. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in and for those listening on on Catch Up as well. Our area has been going through quite a significant internet crisis. Um, so just a heads up if I get a bit blurry or if the, 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 it starts to lag because, uh, yeah, it's uh, the right now and spin out a last story shall we and we kick off of course from our side of things and we have to ask the question of of why 
I think why is a really important question to ask across all of these get all of these slides that we're going to do. And so I've endeavoured to include the question why um, in all of today's slides to see if we can get some consensuses in the chat boxes today. Uh, I think I've gone a little bit robotic as well, unsurprisingly so, just as I was saying, the connection is a little bit worse, but hopefully it's recovered just now. Um, moving forwards, though, why did Saliba start? Um, I think that's a fair question to ask. I think it's a question that a lot of us probably had um, yesterday evening as we saw the lineups come out, because what we're talking about with a team that has to play against Another very good side. PSV have won every single Eredivisie match so far this season. Uh, however, what I would say about PSV is that in Europe they've not as they've not been anywhere near as consistent as they have been in their domestic league. But I think the answers are relatively easy to come up with. I think William Saliba, of course, is a player that provides Arsenal plenty of quality and a good foundation alongside Gabriel, who you could also include in this question. But uh, Ben White, obviously, is is not necessarily still fully recovered, it seems, from that injury, even though Arteta described him as being perfect. I do think that there is also a question mark around wanting to make sure that without um, Tomiyasu, without Yuri and Timber, with Zinchenko still facing question marks over his fitness, that Arsenal hadn't got much choice in, in who they used. Of course, Ruel Waters was an obvious pick that could have been used. And the image that you can see on the screen was probably Saliba's best moment of the game. And I think a moment that actually has been forgotten by quite a number of people, especially considering the goal that we conceded did heavily involve Saliba. Um, however, I do think there is somebody else in this picture that is also culpable for that moment. This tackle from Saliba was up there with one of the best tackles I've ever seen from a defensive player in my lifetime. And I'm not exaggerating. Van Aanholt is through on goal. He's clear with a one-on-one -on, -one on Ramsdale. And Saliba manages to dive in with one of the best challenges I have ever seen. It was a brilliant piece of defensive action. Represented his speed, his skill, his composure in those moments. Which obviously none of those came into consideration when, of course, we conceded our goal on the night as well. But Saliba, I think, starting, we A, we didn't have too much choice. And B, I think that obviously we want to have a big and a stronger foundation to build from with our other fringe players based around the two starting centre-halves. The next question, of course, is why when he starts does he score? And of course, by this question, I'm referencing Eddie Nketiah. Another start, another goal. He is uh, averaging one in two starts in terms of goals per games this season. Continues to impress every time that he starts. Um, he typically does get on the score sheet. And once again, another really good finish from Eddie Nketiah. It was overall as a performance, I don't think one that will inspire, but I think it is one that asks a couple of questions in itself. I've been quite critical of the idea of Arsenal going out and signing an out-and-out -out number nine, like you know who. Um, and I think Eddie Nketiah, when he starts, demonstrates that if you get the ball to him in those areas, he can finish. He can score goals. But the problem is, is that Outside of those moments where we expect Jesus to drop in or to drift wide or to combine, he doesn't have that same all-rounded nature in his game. And I wrote a piece in the aftermath of yesterday's game, which basically asked the question, Eddie Nketiah's starting record is so good, but is that the reason why he's going to leave Arsenal? Because ultimately, he's not a starting striker for Arsenal and his record from the bench is so poor. I think he's got one goal in his last 30 sub-appearances, something ridiculous like that, maybe even more than that. Um, and I think because he's the number two at the moment, 
you and you have a striker that is is obviously so good when he starts and scores plenty of goals when he starts, but when he comes off the bench, there is just simply nowhere near the same level of consistency in scoring or impact that I think that could end up being something of a curse which sees him leave the club, but sees him have great success elsewhere. I think if he leaves Arsenal and moves to a team that will play him regularly and start the games regularly, he will score plenty of goals. But I think it's a performance which highlights why Gabriel Jesus remains so important and also why I think people need to cut him a little bit of slack and also have a reconsideration when it comes to the striker that should be signed whenever we go and do that. Why does Reese Nelson not get more chances? Now, what I mean by that is I'm not asking Eddie, uh, I'm not asking Reese Nelson to start loads of games in the Premier League. My question is why he's not given more opportunities when it comes to substitutions. We think about the Villa game at the weekend. He came on right towards the end. He came on after Eddie Nketiah came on, for instance. We think about games in which he's come on and scored and he has come on typically really towards the end of games. And I think yesterday's performance was, I think arguably he was potentially man of the match for Arsenal. I think he was the most effective player for Arsenal moving forwards. I think he had a far better game than Trossard. I think he was better than Havertz. I think he was better than Nketiah. You know, I think he was better than any of the attacking players that came on in the second half. You know, and I think that that's a fair question to ask is why is Reese Nelson not given more minutes from the bench? I'm not suggesting he needs to start over Martinelli or after uh, over Bukayo Saka. Um, but I think it is fair to ask the question that maybe in, uh, that maybe Nelson needs to be considered a little bit ahead of maybe some players like Nketiah when coming off the bench and you can move other players into different positions. Why not move Gabriel Martinelli into a centre-forward role if you're intent on bringing off Jesus and then bring Nelson on the left-hand side? What does it need to be Nketiah that comes on for Jesus? Why can't it be Martinelli that moves into a more central area? Why couldn't it be Trossard that moves? Why couldn't it be Havertz that moves into a more central area? Especially we've now got Smith-Rowe coming back, who we'll talk about in a second. But I think there is something to ask why he doesn't get more chances? And I think that's a fair question to ask, especially after last night's performance. My next question is, why do people think I was harsh on Cedric? Now, I was disappointed in a few people's responses to the player ratings. I don't tend to do player ratings, but I did put them out on Twitter yesterday just to see what the reaction might be to my assessment of the performances. I also think it's worth caveating that whilst I am watching the game and I tend to watch the game back afterwards and in the morning as well, because obviously I'm writing a hell of a lot during the game. So it is easy to miss some things, um, which I always caveat with. But if those that are members on the channel, you will be able to access the custom emojis in the chat box and you will see that one of those custom emojis is indeed in support of Cedric. Um, Cedric is something of a, a cult hero at the channel and someone that I've appreciated for his time at the club coming in and having his impact on the game at times as well. But last night, I thought he was quite poor. I know that some people appreciate what he did moving forwards. He was involved in the build-up for the goal with Reese Nelson, of course, as well. He played one pass involved in that build-up to the 1-2 the with Nelson before crossing to Nketiah. But I really thought it was a performance and I really thought that it was a display which demonstrated how Arsenal have progressed. I think it was a performance which demonstrated how Arsenal's right-back position has changed from a player that is, for all intents and purposes, a very forward-thinking attacking player, whether it was Bellerin and then, of course, it was Cedric who came in and provided a lot of game time and minutes for us under both Emery and, uh, sorry, under uh, Arteta, not Emery, came in as Arteta, one of Arteta's first signings. But when you look at the goal that we conceded and you look at how he's positioned in that moment for that goal, um, when we're under a, quite little pressure, when the ball is 
played to, um, I think it's played initially to Vitesse as well. No, was it played to Pepe first? One of the forwards that was played to the left-hand side, that player that it was played to, Cedric is miles out of position. Like, its positioning is dreadful. And then when it was unsurprising that soon after that goal was conceded that we did bring on Ben White and that Cedric was brought off. And yet I was told that I have an agenda, you know, against Cedric, which I don't. I'm just objectively looking at the performance. But people seem to think I was quite harsh on Cedric. It's nothing to do with agenda. I've got nothing against the guy. I think it, for me, demonstrated how far we've come and what we've done in the squad um, to level up that. But it's an area of the team in which Yuri and Timber would, of course, been playing a lot more games in. Uh, and I think that's fair. A lot of people said that, why have I not criticised Kivior as much as I criticised Cedric last night? Kivior didn't have the best of games. And I think Bakayoko was a big, big part of the reason as to why. I think sometimes it's important to praise the attacker than it is to criticise the defender. I thought Bakayoko was probably PSV's best player on the night, produced plenty going forwards, was technically fantastic, was dynamic. And Kivior had a, a really torrid evening, not because he's poor, not because he's a bad player, but because he was up against a very good winger. I tend to look at... Bukayo Saka's performances as being excellent most games. And I don't necessarily look at the defender as having a poor display just because they couldn't contain um, the winger that was on offer. And I think that's probably where misconceptions around Kivior's performance comes as well. But there were some misplaced passes in his game, which I think is definitely worth pointing out. And I think I agree with Paul that Kivior is most certainly a left-sided centre-back more than he is a left-back. But I still do think that he has a role to play in this team in a versatile way. But Tommy Asu, obviously, his absence is, is hurting us somewhat in that depth area. Um, why was our winning goal ruled out? That's the next question that I've got to ask. A lot of people very, very straight down the line with this and think, well, Gabriel was offside, he interfered with play, and that's why it was ruled out. I think that VAR is, in all intents and purposes designed in some ways for less goals to happen. In my mind, I don't think this goal should be ruled out. I know that the linesman actually initially rules out this goal, but I thought VAR might recognise that Kivior's the one that heads it in and give it. Um, Gabriel is offside, but Gabriel doesn't head the ball in the back of the net. Now, there is a strong argument that he, that he for, for a lot of people that he interferes with play. I, I, I struggle with that. A little bit. I don't feel like this is the instance, and you know, I might be being very biased here, but I don't think this these are the instances where the whole he's offside and interfering with play should come into it. For me, the whole offside and interfering with play is that when a player's standing miles offside in front of the goalkeeper's vision and interferes with what the goalkeeper does. Now, I think the goalkeeper is losing out in this scenario every single time. I think the defenders are losing out in this scenario every single time. And I just don't think it necessarily took into con took into context how the goal is scored and how Gabriel's presence in this goal makes a difference or not. I That's just my opinion. I thought that it should have counted. I know that a lot of people may disagree and that's fair enough. But in the end, it, it's, it's again, it's not a competitive game. Maybe if it was a game that really mattered, you'd see more people <laughs> up in arms about it. I, for one, think that it was... I don't want to see goals ruled out for these types of incidents, personally. Why was Smith Rowe's return so important? He only got on for the last few minutes of the game, and I thought it was a couple of moments where he drove with the ball fantastically well at the opposition defenders, and I really enjoyed, you know, seeing those points, seeing those moments of Smith Rowe back on the field. I think Smith Rowe's return is really, really key for this team's depth. 
for the options that Mikel Arteta has to have uh, Mikel Arteta has to bring off the bench. I think you know it, it kind of bleeds into what I was saying about Reese Nelson earlier on. I don't think there's a necessity to bring on Eddie Nketiah every single game. I'd quite like to see more minutes given to Smith Rowe. You know, you could move other players into the centre forward position like Trossard, like Havertz, and you've got Smith Rowe to come into those attacking midfield areas. So Smith Rowe, for me, I think his return is important because it gives us more options. It gives us more depth. And he needs to show that he is a really valuable part of this team for the impact that he has when he does play. We're obviously going to have some FA Cup games coming up, but I think he'll hopefully get an opportunity to start in maybe against Liverpool in January. We'll have to wait and see whether or not he gets that chance. And I think coming off the bench, we need to see more from Emil Smith Rowe and his return is, is really, really important. Now, the biggest question, I think, of the night is obviously one that a lot of us are asking, is why not play any of the kids? Now, this split people. I think it split people into two camps. I think there is one camp that is very much where I was in the moment of being incredibly frustrated that there was no reason whatsoever to not play any of the kids for any amount of time during this game and that it was an unnecessary risk to bring in the likes of Gabriel Jesus for five minutes or to bring in Ben White or Declan Rice for that period when you've got the likes of Ruel Waters on the bench or you could bring in Nuaneri to play an attacking midfield role and change the team around somewhat with Trossard going um, to centre forward instead of Nketiah with Havertz going into a wide area with Nuaneri going into Havertz's role, you know. And then I think there's another camp that is very much like Mikel Arteta is the manager. He knows best. Don't question his decisions. He explained it in the post-match press conference. I'll give you that quote now of what Arteta said. He said, I don't think it was the right context, making eight changes already to throw them in there against a team that hasn't lost here in almost two years. I don't think it was the right moment and went on to wait to see how the game developed. But it was too much for them, as well as having three little issues. We had to make the subs and then we had no room because we really wanted to play a game as well. Now, my question is here. I don't think we started a team at the beginning of this game that was ever likely to generate a game state that would have created the opportunity to bring on any of these kids at all. I don't think there was anything wrong with bringing Ethan Nuaneri on instead of Gabriel Jesus for those last five minutes of the game. I don't think there would have been anything wrong in giving... Um, Ruel Waters an opportunity to play when Cedric came off. I honestly don't think there was anything wrong with starting Waters over Cedric. Cedric is a player that is going to leave the club. Cedric is a player whose level is significantly below all of the other players on the field. And I'd argue that we get more benefit from using Waters in this 11 than we do from playing Cedric in this 11. I would much rather see Waters ahead of Cedric in the pecking order of, if it came to it. If we were in such an injury crisis that it meant that Cedric comes into the team over the waters, I'd have a couple of questions, you know? I'd have a couple of questions because I think it's worth investing in one of the most exciting young defensive options that we've got that can play at right back. So for me, I think that it's fair to ask the question. I'm not in the camp that think, well, Arteta knows best and Arteta thinks it's right. I'm not in that camp personally. I think that people have a fair argument when asking the question of why none of the kids played, especially when the alternative was Cedric, for instance. And I think that when you've brought on Gabriel Jesus for five minutes at the end of the game. Now, I do think it's worth pointing out Elliot's tweet that he wrote uh, in yesterday's game, which I thought was a very fair analysis and perhaps a very fair explanation of why we saw the changes that we saw yesterday and why we didn't ultimately see any of the kids in the game either. Let me just find it for you. Um, it was more towards like the 
uh, the, the, the senior players playing when they didn't need to. Uh, Elliot said, yep, I don't understand why managers do this, but if they're all going to do it, they probably know something, maybe around periodization. It's unlikely that managers all at the big clubs around Europe just don't get it when it comes to keeping players fit. And look, I'm usually the head of worrying about rotation slash injury group, but my instincts are that it doesn't make sense to risk anyone in these games. But slew of but a slew of big club managers are doing it, and I've got to believe that they're being extensively advised about it, which I think is a fair comment. I think there is a fair comment to bring in, you know, the players like Odegaard and to start some of the players in this game and to bring on Declan Rice and ahead of the game at the weekend, have a response and get them, you know, fired up and ready and getting some foot uh, running into their legs. But it's two things. And I want somebody to provide me an answer. I want someone to provide me an answer to these two questions. A, what is the benefit of playing Cedric over Waters that outweighs that option? in any way, shape or form. And the second question is, what is the benefit of giving Jesus five minutes instead of bringing on Nguyeneri for five minutes at the end of the game? That's that's They're the only two questions that I'm yet to get an answer that I am happy with. If you think you've got that and you're listening live, you can leave it in the chat box. I'll tackle them in part two. And if you think that you're listening on Catch Up and you have an answer or you're listening on audio platforms, hop over to the YouTube comment section and leave your thoughts if you've got any uh, thoughts on that whatsoever but yes uh, that's they're the questions that I'm asking now the final question I've got and it links into Arteta's press conference is why Arteta played Declan Rice at centre-back he was asked about this and I thought it was a really interesting answer from Arteta as well uh, he was asked about why he used uh, Declan Rice in that centre-half position if you remember when Elneny got injured um, he was asked why he did, but basically he was asked. He was he said something along the lines of, "We are very short at the back, and I really wanted to try when something happens how we are going to resolve that situation." And I think he was really good, and he's right. We have a lot of injuries. Tommy Asu is out, Timber is out, and if we have any more injuries like Saliba being lost, it might be that we have to use Declan Rice as a centre back. I don't think it's a terrible idea. I think it's something that could work, and I think it's something that is not exactly wild he's certainly played center half when he was coming through at West Ham and, and played plenty of youth games there and I think he's even dropped into center back at times of emergency for West Ham so I think because we ultimately will be looking at a defender in January if indeed we have a scenario where there is a serious injury and we have to bring on a defensive midfielder like Jorginho or like Thomas Partey to replace Rice and replace a defender Rice can move into that center back area so I think that was very fair other key points from our uh, from the press conference um after the game about the difficulties they had in the first half he says first of all credit to the other team the way they played the creation and timing when the ball was really far from our goal we weren't very clear on what we wanted at sometimes uh, we miskicked the ball twice which is pretty unusual for us to do and we have to adapt and we have to put our head backwards and run backwards and we did that and it could have been a very different result he was asked about Jesus and Smith Rowe coming on late and if there was a temptation to bring on the younger players he said Emil we wanted to him we wanted to play him a little bit earlier we were waiting because we had two players with little niggles uh, I was asking them can they continue and I was hesitant to make the change too early and then have six or seven minutes with 10 men as well which is also I think fair enough but maybe we could have brought him on a little bit earlier they don't know the extent of uh, Mo's hamstring injury but he's done something said Arteta which obviously was um, a real big frustration as well. He was asked about there being two extra games in the group stage of the Champions League next year and how that will impact player welfare. And he said, we'll see. We will have bigger squads. I don't know because we will have even more competitive matches. 
Um, I don't know. Is it, I don't know. It's something new. We have to experience it. We want to be in the competition and have the right to be in the competition again. So that's a long way away. I mean, I think we can all of us pretty much expect Arsenal to be involved in the Champions League next year with the way in which they are. Um, you know, we are in that situation. So, yeah, I, I think that there isn't too much regarding um, any question marks from Arteta's press conference. Right, well, we'll move to part two and we'll tackle some of your questions. And maybe you've got some answers to the questions that I've asked about, particularly the, the kids. But uh, yeah, let's move to part two. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And your questions right after this. Right. Um, shall we see if you've got some answers to the questions that I was asking earlier on? Uh, Zambian guy says, uh, on Cedric, uh, the excellent Tim Stillman made a great point about how having experience leads to a higher load on everyone else as they overcompensate for the youngsters. And I think that's a very fair point. My counterpoint to that would be is that we had an experienced goalkeeper in Aaron Ramsdale. We had an experienced centre-half in Gabriel. We had an experienced midfielder in Jorginho. We had another experienced midfielder in Mohamed Elneny. Um, and I think that Eddie Nketiah at 24, you know, has been captain of the club once as well. Is a relatively well-experienced guy. We've got a Champions League winner in Kai Havertz. We've got an experienced Leandro Trossard on the left-hand side. So I would argue that there is plenty of experience in that team, even without... Cedric involved would be my counter to that argument. But I think it's a fair point and, and well raised as well. Um, Chris says, I think the only reason could be keeping them fresh for Saturday so that they don't get rusty. Um, but I appreciate that I'm perhaps reaching with that one. I think you might be a little bit, but I think it's a fair one again to bring up, you know, bringing Jesus. Is five minutes for Jesus going to change things all that differently? I I don't know. I really, really don't know. Abenav suggests it might affect the confidence of the kids in case they had a bad game. Maybe he would have given a chance in a home match. Maybe. But, I mean, when Airy came on away from home against Brentford, I know that that was... We were already 3-0 up in that game and it was only for the last few minutes. But, again, I'm not sure. And I think it would have been great experience for them. I don't think necessarily you're going to have such a bad game in five minutes and it's going to change dramatically occur in a negative way I think there is a lot more positives that there could happen in those five minutes than the risk of any negatives happening in those five minutes but and I think that was evident by when Charlie Patino if you remember came on um, in the League Cup and scored if you remember that game I think it was a great experience for him although it's fair to say that hasn't necessarily had too much of a benefit to his Arsenal career we'll have to wait and see if that changes in the summer because he's doing very well at Swansea this season um seb says i turned the game off with frustration after seeing rice and white come on only watched to see some of the academy players very disappointing i don't understand arteta's game management and his subs are poor that's a real shame seb that you turned the game off for that moment uh, it's 
I, I ask you a bit of a question in saying that why is your frustration over Arteta's selection so great that it would make you turn off the TV for the team that you support? Um, whether you have an answer for that or not, I don't know. But I, I think that's a bit of an extreme end of the spectrum of views on the game. Uh, Jalali says, uh, just going to throw out there, perhaps the manager and his staff had reasons for what they did. Again, I don't like this view that's taken a lot by people online at some times. It's a really frustrating one. Um, I think when people are people are entitled to have their opinions and it, people are entitled to criticise, I'm not a big fan of people turning around to people and saying, well, the manager knows more than you. So I think there are certain, certain situations where you can apply that theory. So when it comes to the making of signings, you know, I think there is certainly something about the analytics, the scouting, all of the investment that goes into deciding on who is brought in. I think maybe at times before we've had a chance to see them, before we've had a chance to judge them, that you can say, well, the club might have more ideas about what the player is going to be and what they're going to do and what they've seen than, than we might. I also think regarding injuries, I think there's something to be said about that. The club certainly know more about injuries and player status and things like that than we do. But I don't particularly like when people disregard people's opinions with the manager knows more than you. So don't question anything. Because what you're effectively saying when you say that is that you're not allowed to be critical in any way. You're not allowed to have an opinion. I don't like that. I mean, if that's what you want to do, great. But I don't think if any way, shape or form, you should even have an account on social media because what's the point? What would be the point in having an account or joining a YouTube chat box if the only point of joining YouTube chat box or going into a debate on social media is to turn around and say, well, the manager knows more than you. And that's the de facto. It's basically saying, I don't have an opinion on anything. You know, and I'm not saying this is you, Jalali, specific, specifically, you know, I'm not saying that's you. I'm just saying in general, when people turn around on social media, because I have seen so many people do it, that just by turning around and saying, well, the manager knows more than you, what's the point? I just think it's, I just think it's a bit disregarding. So I'm, I'm going off on a tangent from that comment, but uh, yeah, it's, it frustrates me a bit. Um, and, I, and again, as I've already said, I know you didn't say that people can't have their opinion specifically. But what I do think is when you turn around to people and say the manager knows more than you, it is in some ways saying to somebody, well, you have your opinion, but it doesn't matter because the, <laughs> the manager knows more than you. I just think it's a bit dismissive, more dismissive than I'd personally want to be. Um, and that comes to somebody that used to say it quite a lot, you know, and I've learned I don't think you should say it. I think it's something that should be avoided where possible. And actually, you should have more of a discussion about what that person's opinion actually is than just dismissing it immediately. Uh, Maggie says, Tom, it's my birthday. Can you please sing happy birthday and the Havertz song? No. <laughs> Even though it's your birthday, Matt Gio, and you are one of our favourite listeners, I've told you when the Havertz song will be sung and when the conditions for that are fulfilled, I will indeed do that. And I will indeed be buying an away shirt with Havertz's name on the back. This is it. But no, not happening. Sorry. But happy birthday and have a fantastic day, Matt G. And nice try. Um, Raf says, in short, Arteta is risk averse and he need, he didn't want to bring them on with the game state the way it was. I think the risk was worth it, especially for Waters playing uh, Rice at centre-back and I'd be annoyed if I'm Rule Waters in this game. And I think that's a really fair comment. I think I'd be annoyed if I was any of those kids, especially Rule Waters. I think I'd be a bit frustrated. I think I'd be a bit gutted. Um, that I didn't get on. And I think that's fair. It, the arguments of could something bad happen in the game be enough of a negative to not play them? Does that outweigh on one side the negative message that it arguably sends out to some of the youngsters and saying, you're not going to get too many chances here. 
Cedric's going to get more minutes than you. We have a nothing game, absolutely nothing on the line bar a million quid, you know, which in the context of football isn't loads. Um, I, I just think that it's it sends, it doesn't send the message that I'd want to send to to exactly that I'd want to send. It's, it's the most balanced and objective and grounded way I can look at it. You know, I just don't, I think that you, I think it's, it's more powerful to bring on one of the kids or two of the kids in those games. I think it's, you know, I think it's more powerful to bring them on. I think it sends a really positive message if you do that, especially for pathways, especially for young kids that are making decisions about their contracts. It's also worth pointing out that Raw Waters' contract runs out at the end of this season. For those that aren't aware of that, Arsenal are in negotiations and talks with the player over his contract at the moment. So, if Rule Waters leaves, and I don't expect him to, I, I would say that based upon my own understanding, I'd be more confident that he'll sign than not, but it's not guaranteed for sure. If he is to leave, I certainly think I'd look back on this moment and think, well, I wonder if we played him in this game. I wonder if he would have signed a new deal if he'd have played in this game and been shown that there is a really good pathway for him to get minutes. So, yeah, let's wait and see. La La Land, which is ironic because I think this comment also exists in La La Land, says, Waters is not good enough, crystal clear. A comment from someone that's never, ever, 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 ever seen him play enough, <laughs> which is ironic considering the person's name. Uh, Chris says, because Nelson is rubbish. He's had too long at the club, need him to go, and so does Eddie. Um, Chris, they're always the joyful person that he is. Uh, Rob Bob says, have you noticed Havertz is often overlooked when a pass is on? Uh, it seemed as though Trossard and Eddie refused obvious passes to him quite a few times. I think I've seen it in previous games. What are your thoughts? I didn't personally notice that, but I will certainly be looking out for it a lot more. Havertz is really highly thought of in the dressing room. Havertz is really highly liked in the dressing room, as far as I'm aware, by a lot of the players in there. I've never heard a bad word said about Havertz's presence at all. So I'm not sure if that is something, but I'll keep my eye on it. Um, Emma Genius, for real, says, uh, I agree with your point, Tom. However, not playing them could keep them hungrier. They know to earn a place and not be gifted a chance. Again, fair. Um, but I, I kind of bring up the, the contract argument as well for Waters in particular. Does it have more of a positive than a negative by playing them? I think it probably would. Uh, Flow Show says, I believe that at least 60% of the fan base were looking forward to seeing the kids yesterday. I really wanted to see them in an area, especially I think you're absolutely right. I think a lot of people watched yesterday's game. And one of the big reasons they they wanted to tune in was not only because, of course, they support the team or want to watch their team play, but the most thing they were excited about was maybe seeing the kids. I think that was probably fair. I think it's maybe even higher than 60%. I think you might be talking about 80% of the fans watching the game or kind of watching it with an excitement that they might see some debuts played. Um, James says, hey, Tom, interesting to see that Tuchel and Bayern took a very... Oh, I could... Bear with me one second. One second. One second. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I've got the box. I've got the box. Where is, where is it? This is how many shirts I've got. The box of shirts. Too many shirts. So many shirts. There it is. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Copenhagen. <laughs> we love it. We love that. Yes. Manchester United. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. I love it. I just, oh, I don't know if I can wear this. Can I, you know, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to try and, can I wear this over the top of a hoodie? It's going to be a struggle. I know I've been going on a diet, so my bed hair underneath this hat is, is awful. 
Can we see if we can wear this? Can we see? Right, we're trying. We're trying. We're going. Right, squeezing this. Let's get the hoodie out now. Those that are listening on Spotify, you're going to have absolutely no idea what's going on. There we go. Lovely stuff. Copenhagen. Through over Manchester United. Oh, yes. Love that. Great. Here we go. Right. I feel comfortable now. I actually meant to wear it this morning. I completely forgot. So thank you uh, for bringing up Manchester United's exploits last night. It's very much appreciated. Um, James uh, says, interesting to see that Tuchel and Bayern took a very similar approach to their dead rubber fixture. Uh, already finishing top, only made two changes following a league a defeat uh, last league fixture. Yeah, I agree in that sense. I think obviously they didn't play some players, but they mainly played most of their first team. I also think there is something to be said about the fact that they lost 5-1 against Frankfurt at the weekend. And because they lost 5-1, they wanted to respond. And I think the opportunity to knock out Manchester United is also a bit of a factor. Thomas Tuchel, you know, he got that history with Chelsea in that league. Maybe he wanted to really try and knock out Eric Ten Hag and, and Man United. I think maybe that had something to do with it. So, yeah, I think there is something to be said about the fact that they went strong. If you really think about it, Arsenal didn't go strong, really. I I, I saw, I basically heard ahead of time that I heard that Saliba and Gabriel and Havertz were going to be starting the game. And so I was like, oh, we might be going strong. And when you when you hear that, when you hear that, and and I heard that none of the kids were playing. When you hear that none of the kids are playing and Saliba, Gabriel and Havertz are starting, you're like, oh, we're going strong. You know, we're, we're... so that's why I tweeted out earlier in the day saying, oh, we're going strong. But actually, we weren't going anywhere near as strong as I actually thought we might have gone. Uh, we made eight changes to the team that played at the weekend. But uh, yeah, certainly it was yeah very, very exciting indeed to, to see Man United go. I suppose we should probably do a little bit of uh, Champions League um, housekeeping, shouldn't we, really? Um, if we have a quick look, uh, we've got have a look at the games last night. So um, RB Salzburg, sadly. I say sadly, you know, I've got my affections for them. Um Salzburg losing at home to uh, Benfica, 3-1. Real Madrid uh, winning away at Union Berlin. Arsenal and PSV drawing. Of course, Lons, really big win over Sevilla. Uh, they go through to the Europa League, uh, go through as uh, third place. Sevilla out of Europe entirely. Really bad season for them. Inter Milan drawing with Real Sociedad actually affects Arsenal because, because Real Sociedad held Inter Milan at bay. It meant that Real Sociedad actually finished their group in first. So Inter Milan are indeed one of the sides that we could play in the last 16. Copenhagen beats Galatasaray which means, of course, that Manchester United are completely out of Europe. Not only are they out of like even the Europa League, but because they lost to Bayern, it means that they are completely out of, uh, of Europe, which is just so funny. They conceded 15 goals. 15 go- Do you remember how many Arsenal fans wanted Eric Ten Hag to come in? How, how many of you listening? Was it you? Did you want Arteta sacked and Ten Hag brought in? Was it you? Is it you listening to me say? Is it me pointing at you right now? Was it you that wanted Ten Hag to come in to replace Mikel Arteta? Goodness me. Awful, 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 awful. I'll tell you what, there was a period of time when I was very much, oh, I don't know who's going to take over from Arteta. And there was a period of time I was like, maybe it'll be Ten Hag. Maybe it'll be him. So you're not alone. Um, But uh, yes, so that means that we could play Copenhagen in the next round, which would be great trip to Denmark. Very expensive. Um, Of course, we can't get PSV because we've already got them in our group. Napoli is the other team that we could play. Very difficult tie is that. Inter Milan is another that we could play. And then obviously there are games tonight that need to work out what's going on with 
the other team. So uh, Leipzig play young boys. Leipzig have already finished second, so we could play them in the next round. Uh, Man City play Art Red Star, Belgrade. So that mainly decides who finishes third in that group. Antwerp play Barcelona and Porto play Shakhtar Donetsk. The winner of that porto Shakhtar Donetsk game will finish second in that group. If it is a draw... Uh, I think it will be Porto, it will indeed, that go through. So it could be Porto that we play. Uh, Celtic Feyenoord and Atletico Madrid and Lazio. That Atleti-Lazio game is also decisive in Group E. Uh, at the moment, Lazio are on 10 points, Atleti on 11. Um, so at the moment, it will be Lazio that we could go up against as well. Um, and then, of course, we've got uh, the big Group F fixtures. Dortmund against PSG. Newcastle against Milan. If PSG beat Dortmund, Newcastle are into the Europa League, unless, of course, they lose to Milan. If Milan win and PSG lose, it means that Milan will suddenly go from fourth to second. And if Newcastle better PSG's result, I think, no, I think they have to win. Yeah, Newcastle have to beat Milan. PSG will have to avoid either a draw, because I think, obviously, PSG lost both games they lose both games no they drew one and lost one so they are above so newcastle do have a better record so if psg draw with dortmund and newcastle win against milan newcastle will finish second basically psg have to win for them really to go through because i think newcastle will beat milan i could be wrong but i think newcastle will probably win as i say i could be wrong they lost against spurs pretty um pretty comprehensively and uh, they don't have a lot of players out injured as well but I still think Newcastle will probably win PSG have to win do we want them to win do we want PSG to win do we want to go out? I think I want Milan to win and Dortmund to win I think that's probably the best scenario from an Arsenal point of view um is Milan finish second in the group I think that would be the best um outcome for Arsenal but yeah let's let's wait and see anyway that's your Champions League roundup and uh Lovely stuff, Copenhagen going through. Love it. <laughs> uh, Jalali, really, really important. I'm glad that someone actually left this. Shout out to Andre Brewer. Um, one of my favourite actors, uh, sadly passing away uh, and was announced in the early hours this morning. Uh, really, really sad news. Um, played Captain Holt in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, one of my favourite TV programmes ever. And I first became aware of him when he was in House. Uh, he played the psychiatrist of Dr. House as he was leaving rehab. Um yeah, really, really good actor. Sadly, no longer with us. Um, so thank you for bringing that up. I wonder if he was a football fan. I wonder. Very curious if he was a if he was a football fan. Um, Raf says it's annoying because when uh, are they going to play Liverpool in the FA Cup? Not going to happen in the league. Just seemed a missed opportunity. And sometimes I wish Arteta had Wenger's sentiments for young players. Maybe, maybe. It's an area of his, his management I wish maybe he was a little bit more open to using the kids. Uh, Brian says, steady up, Tom. We're entitled to offer up an opinion if it's not the same as yours. Lots of us don't need to be dismissive, but when some of you are critical of the manager, we in turn don't deserve to be dismissed. Does anyone think that Brian maybe have got maybe has misunderstood me actually are saying that people are entitled to an opinion? <laughs> Brian, I defended your position. Have you ever seen someone misinterpret what I've seen? <laughs> so incredibly awfully Brian I actually was on your side I don't think you'd realize that okay maybe listen back maybe it'll be more apparent sometimes I think that people are so people disagree with me so much that they think that I'm so dismissive that when I actually say that people are entitled to and like to actually kind of lift up the idea of an opinion 
that they then think I'm not doing that. It's strange. I don't get it. It is what it is. Some people have their preconceived conceptions of me. Um, oh, well. Uh, Philip says, wondering if Mikel has a centre midfielder in mind in January and not a defender. And that's why he wants to try Rice at centre-back. I think they want both, to be honest. I think they want both. Um, so I think that is what we might see, I guess. So, yeah, let's let's wait and see what happens. Um, I'm not optimistic we'll sign two players. But I think there is certainly a possibility that we might sign two players. Um, but I think it's more likely to be one. And says, I disagree with you, Tom. What's the question? <laughs> I always do find it quite funny. I know that um, often it's Arteta's biggest critics that come in here and feel like they can't have an opinion because I disagree with it. People misconstrue. The misconception people have is when I disagree with them, they think that's me saying you're not allowed an opinion. You absolutely are allowed an opinion, but me disagreeing with it is not me saying you can't have that opinion. Me disagreeing with your opinion is me saying, I've heard you, and this is why I don't agree with it. At one point, I've not said you can't say that. I've said I don't like when say certain people say certain things like the manager knows best, so you can't have a view. That's something I don't like. That in itself, I suppose, if we're going to get really technical, is an opinion. You can have it. I don't particularly like it. You can have it because I think it discourages other people's own views. But yeah, it's really strange. Seb says, have you heard the rumours about Tony on loan? Yeah, I have. And no, 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 no. That's not me saying I don't want that. That's me saying I don't think there's much truth in that, to be honest. Um, I could be wildly wrong, but it's not what I've heard. Um, I've not heard anything to suggest that Arsenal want him or, or like, you know, that they're... they're pursuing a loan for Tony. I've not heard that myself. Again, I'm not the be-all and end-all when it comes to transfers, and it's just based on what I've heard. I don't necessarily think that that is something that Arsenal are heavily pursuing. Um, but I saw those rumours yesterday, but if, from my side of things, I've not personally heard that. Um, so, yeah, I can't say that's true. Uh, the Guna Factory says, I disagree with your disagreement. Well, I disagree with you disagreeing with my disagreement, actually. So if you want to come back to that, Feel free. Uh, Chris says, Tom, uh, do you think with the financial restrictions that in the summer we could use the pre-contract agreement move? Um, we can, yes. So basically what Chris is saying is that in January, if there are players of six months left on their deal, you can, uh, that are outside of the England, you can, outside of our league, you can have a, a pre-contract agreement. So Yusuf Fafana, for instance, has, I think his deal runs out in the summer. He has six months left. So he is someone that we potentially could, you know, could. It's my phone. Oh, it's underneath the box of loads of Arsenal shirts now. Um, I really like this shirt. I know that I've worn it a couple of times now, but like this shirt, the, the Ian Wright shirt, I really like it now. It's really grown. I was really unsure on it. Now I've bought it. Now I've got it and I have it. I like it. So uh, that's my conclusion on that. I, I do like that shirt. Um, United the Guna says, um, sorry, UD the Guna. That's awful. I I'm so sorry that I used the word United in your name. Um, UD Laguna says, Patino and Bireth seem to be picking up form and stylistically they could be exactly what we need. Any chance that we integrate them next summer? I don't think Mika Bireth is of the level. Um, I think he will be sold and will make a bit of money. He's having a good season at Motherwell now. He's back from injury. Patino is a big question mark. Big question mark. James says, hi, Tom. Will you be doing a show on Christmas? James, I did a show on my wedding day. Christmas is nothing to me. Christmas is nada, nothing. If I do a show on my wedding day, I'm going to do a show on Christmas Day. Come on. You know me by now, James. Come on, mate. You should know. This is 
it's it, this is just it's just a rolling constant. The only things that stop me doing this show are horrific food poisoning, which happened to me a while ago. When when did that happen? That was like a couple of months ago. Blooming meal and canary wharf mug me right off. That's the only time I've not done it. And if I'm at a press conference, you know, if there, if I genuinely there's no way of me being able to do it because I'm working, we do it. I'm not working Christmas Day. Uh, I've got some articles to write for Christmas Day, but I'm not doing work on Christmas Day. So, yeah, of course. Of course I am. Of course I'm doing. I have to dress as an elf, says Darren. That's definitely not happening. Uh, I will wear... I have got an Arsenal Christmas hat. I do wear my Arsenal Christmas hat on Christmas Day. So uh, that is the only thing you're going to get, unless I forget, like I did with my Copenhagen shirt this morning. Um, Abby says, Tom was doing a show whilst on his honeymoon. Half true. I recorded... 14 shows to go out across the fortnight that I was on my honeymoon. That was one of the biggest project projects I ever embarked. And if you were watching our channel back in 2022, yeah, <laughs> oh, I nearly forgot the year I got married. 2022. Uh, yes. And I went on my honeymoon in September. I did 14 shows. I did actually do a live show after the, um, no, it wasn't a live show. I did a record in the hotel after the Brentford game when we won three nil. That was the only show that I recorded out there. But other than that, I did 14 pre-recorded shows that went out at 8am every single day. If you need any evidence of the commitment I have to do in this channel, surely that beats all surely it does um trust me that was a logistical like yeah that was yeah pretty crazy uh, amira says are we going to say anything on trossard brighton fans warn us about his inconsistency changing positions now and then doesn't help either fantastic player on his day though yeah i, I don't think that's wildly inaccurate i think he has inconsistencies i think he's incredibly talented i think he's been incredibly i think he's been a great signing he was bad yesterday he was alongside cedric probably our worst player cedric kivior trossard our worst players on the day. Um, but, you know, he's scored some really big goals for us. The goal at Chelsea, massive. You know, that was a huge goal for us to score to equalise, to avoid defeat. So, yeah, I, I do think that um, Trossard is is really, really important for, for us. So, yeah, that's that's the one. Uh, Abby says, lol, the missus watching <laughs> forgot his wedding year. I didn't forget it. I remembered it almost immediately. I was just checking because it feels like it's been so long. I didn't marry just over a year. It feels, and that's not a dig. It just, it feels, it's, it's, it feels ages ago since I did. So, you know, because <laughs> I'm so comfortable in this relationship. I really, she's probably watching and I'm now I'm in a load of trouble. Uh, Paul says, any idea who Tony might be loaned to? No, Paul, sorry. I know Chelsea are interested and I know Arsenal do have an interest, but that story about Arsenal put, like, pursuing a loan deal, as I say, I've not heard that that's accurate yet. Um, yes, I am digging a whole Philip. I, ne I never know when to stop. I never know when to stop. Mark says, good that Bakayo Saka got a rest because he looked like he was laboring against Villa. Apart from the bruises on the back of his legs, is he uh, on a bit of a knock at the moment? Not that I'm aware of. He's only obviously dealing with the, the rough, 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 roughness, roughness of the Premier League. That's, that's all I'm aware of at the moment. So yeah, as far as I'm aware, he's not got a specific injury. He's just, you know, dealing with the, the knocks of things. Um, um, let's go to, <laughs> I know I keep digging. I'm sorry. Uh, Bulgarian goodness says Trossard seems more suited to playing against low block sides. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I don't think he's great on the counter. He's certainly a, he's a possession based, um, player. So when Arsenal don't have as much of the ball, I don't think he's as effective. I think that's very fair. And again, and I think that is certainly why we need to go out into the market and bring in another really quick winger, like a Pedro Neto. That's what I would like. 
to see. Uh, Jalali says, did you see Mark Goldbridge singing on stage? I feel like we need this, Tom, with the wacka wacka. Um, you know, the live show is coming up. If you want tickets for a live show, there are some remaining. And I've still not released our lineup yet. And they're selling really, really well. And I'm really happy about it. I think it's going to be a great night. Uh, tickets are down in the link in the description. February 22nd, the Old Queen's Head uh, on the Essex Road in North London near Angel. Of course. Um, so, yeah, if you want to come along to our live event and you haven't got tickets yet, there are still some left. Um, I imagine they'll probably shoot off the shelves once I do announce who is going to be on our lineup. So don't wait for that. Um, but yes, uh, the uh, tickets are still there down below. But uh, we've sold way over half now of them and we are closing in on the final one. So thank you to those that have already bought tickets. Will we be doing any singing at the live event? I guess you will have to wait and see if there will be any singing at the live event um maybe there will be so if you've wanted to see me sing the wacka wacka song maybe you need to <laughs> come along to our live event that maybe you'll see it there so yeah there you go yes great plug jolly thank you for the setup mate much appreciated um Bakker Lezane says, you know what was who was good on the counter? Granite Xhaka, yeah. Again, I feel Granite Xhaka's absence is felt, but I don't think it's felt anywhere near as much as what we thought it might have been. So there you go. Uh, Peter says, have you heard anything about the Santos forward Marcos Leonardo? Nope, not heard a thing. Uh, Shane says, we need a left back. Any options to bring? Do we? Do we need a left back? We've got Timber and Tommy and Zinni and Kivior. And Souza, I don't think we do, but we are being linked to Miguel Gutierrez of uh, Girona. So, you know, don't rule it out. Who knows? Maybe we will go after a left back. I think that we've still got enough depth, and especially when we get our players back from injury, we'll be absolutely fine. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe we'll go into the market. Let's wait and see. Right, shall we end the show there? I think we probably should. Um, thank you so much for listening. I will be back uh, tomorrow morning, uh, of course, with another 8 a.m. show. Will we have some evening shows? Maybe. Depends on the schedule. Uh, actually, yeah, I think we will. We'll have one tomorrow with a very, very uh, likable uh, guest that has, has made his debut last month. And uh, I look forward to bringing him back hopefully tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, look out for that one. But I'll give you more information about that. Uh, tomorrow morning. But thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate your time. Shout out to FC Copenhagen. Thank you for uh, knocking Manchester United out of Europe. That is very much appreciated. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Do drop a like on the video. Do subscribe. And um, keep me in your thoughts for how I'm going to explain those wedding comments. The missus later. Um, and of course, again, thoughts are with the friends and family of, of Andre Broughter, who sadly lost his life. Um, yesterday or the early hours of this morning one of my favorite all-time actors sadly no longer with us and thank you for bringing that up earlier in the chat box uh, i'm glad that somebody did uh, thank you for listening i'll see you again tomorrow stay safe stay well stay happy and as always up the arsenal It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.